Effie, welcome to the Consultant Psychic Podcast. Hi, Chris. It's lovely to um, e-meet you. Should I say that? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, um, it's good to finally get you on. I know we've been chatting over LinkedIn and coming across your profile, you have a fascinating background, you know, from a very like colourful agency branding to appearing on uh, Dragon's Den. It felt like there was tons of value that we can unlock for our listeners. So to, to kick things off, perhaps we could just start by understanding a little bit more about yourself. So thank you so much. Um, yeah, it's amazing who you meet on LinkedIn, isn't it? <laughs> and it's true, isn't it? Yeah. So you can just posts and you're just attracting some really good people. Um, but yes, so um, hi, everyone. My name is Effie. Um, I am founder of Boost Agency, um, which is essentially a marketing agency, though I don't really like to say that because it's actually a fractional CMO service. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, I suppose, in a moment. Um, but in terms of my experience, I've been doing this for nearly 24 years. So I started off in MarTech. So I have um, quite a significant technology background and I started my career working for corporate businesses. So HP, Skype, Marks and Spencers, things like that. Um, and then that morphed into my startup. So you mentioned Dragon's Day, and that's where that popped up. Um, and then after that, I spent some time actually going back into consulting, almost as a way to renew my skills. Um, and I did that. And then that really flowed into more work, more exciting things and projects. And really, that's where Boost Agency came about. Um, and I don't think I've ever done that introduction so quickly before. But there you go. <laughs> No, no, thanks for getting through because there's, there's so much to unpack. And I guess I want to start with, so your history and background more recently has been these, these head of marketing roles. So what has, I guess, fueled this desire to, to finally have your own agency? Well, actually, um, so I've done head of marketing CMO roles. So really, they're the two roles that I interchange mm -hmm. between. Um, and I... I was referred to um, lots, I have quite a big network. Um, and so obviously over the mm -hmm. years, you meet lots of different people who then go off and actually grow their own careers and things like that. And as you operate and move into spaces, you build those relationships. So there are many, many people that I know now who are dear to me and really good friends that I met when I was working. And the reason that's so important is because actually, as I then started to kind of grow up and really find my voice and really lean into the things that I wanted to do, those people are the ones that help me. So they would recommend me for a role. They would bring me into a consulting gig that maybe they were doing. And it was always very organic for me. I've never really needed to actively go out and find something. That doesn't mean say, I haven't applied for jobs because I've done that. But I always find the ones that I tend to win are the ones where somebody has seen value in something that I've done and actually matched it to something that they want. Um, and I think that's why there's such power in growing community and networks and things like that. Um, and that is something you gain traction over the years, you know, as you kind of grow into what you're doing. Um, and then I spent quite a lot of time sort of doing lots and lots of different projects. I'm not really the best person in terms of thriving with one particular, like one company, one gig, if you like. Um, I've always been this fractional type role. I'm trying to decide whether I like the word fractional, but it resonates. So I'll stick with the terminology <laughs> for a minute. But it basically means yeah. that you're, um, I'm not even sure if the word part-time fits either, but Basically, you're able to scoop up all of your tools, um, all of your experience across B2B, across B2C, 
um, within marketing, within business, and be able to go into a project, if we call it that, or um, so a consulting project, anything like that, and be able to pick out the things that you think would be relevant to help those people. And then I discovered that actually, as I was doing more and more of this type of work, and I, and I love it so much because I get to meet so many different business owners, and I love business. I just love business and marketing. Um, and I suddenly realized as my tool bag was expanding, the desire for my support was expanding as well. So for some businesses, I would go in and help them raise funding. For some businesses, I would go in and create their marketing strategy and implement it. For others, I would go in and turn their business around because maybe they needed a new model. Maybe they need to turn from non-profitable to profitable. Maybe they wanted to shorten the sales cycle. It's really such a wide array of things. Um, so the word niche doesn't really work with me. Um, and so what was <laughs> happening was that it was all very much around Effie, um, which was wonderful. <laughs> and then I was like, well, how do I scale Effie? How do I make more of Effie? Because that knowledge and that experience is obviously unique to me in my tool bag. Um, and that's really where Boost Agency came about. Um, it's something that I've, I've has been there for a while. I just hadn't formalized it in a particular form. Um, but I've been operating in very much the same way, just under my own name. Um, and then, yeah, we created Boost Agency, and that's been very, very exciting. Um, another learning, another some more experience to be gained. Um, still really interesting projects, still amazing people to work with, still delivering very much the similar things that I delivered as Effie. But it's very, very interesting the way people view you when you're a single person doing something versus this concept of an agency. And I think that just has these ramifications around it that you kind of just got to work through. And I probably hadn't anticipated those when I first started. Um, so, yeah. So, that's that. <laughs> well, interesting. I think you've you've layered up or laddered up about five, six questions here that I need to ask. Okay. So, I want to go back to one of the very first things um, that you mentioned. And lots of people talk about the network effect. And that's such a broad phrase and but what does that mean practically so we all go through careers um, making new colleagues making new friends new peers but how have you actually tangibly leveraged that so does that mean that you have people's physical like phone numbers do you have a spreadsheet with them on do you follow them on linkedin and do you have um a notification come up with them do you just actively keep in touch like how are you actually using that and how have you leveraged it see all of that feels very formal and so this isn't really a formal yep. process. It's very informal and it's very much around relationship building. And I think that in itself mm. is a very informal process. So I don't, you don't need to create a spreadsheet of the people you know, right? And I think this, this for me is a really interesting topic because when you first go into the world of work, you, you're looking for particular roles or you're looking for particular opportunities. And nowadays people are starting their own businesses. So they're not actually even going into a, corporate role if you like or something like that because actually they've got higher maybe deeper aspirations and it's never been easier to be able to create and build a business than it is now um, but one of the things that we mm. underestimate is that as you go through that process you take those people with you so there is somebody who mentored me right back when I was in the HP days which was we worked out 20 odd years ago and I saw her when I was in Amsterdam last year and I'm seeing her again this year when I'm over there and she was my, one of my first mentors and still remains one of my most favoured, loved mentors. Um, and that relationship is, has just grown and blossomed over the years because we've supported each other. I've watched her career develop. She's always watched my career develop. 
And yes, you know, you during that process, and I bear in mind this was a long time ago, so before LinkedIn <laughs> and places like that. Yeah. And you kind of realize that when you go into something like LinkedIn, you immediately start to build up your networks. The first place you go is who do I know? Where do I who do I know? Because yeah. that's the easiest connection that you're gonna make because that's the warmest. Um, and you know, you hope that actually through that, by supporting them and them supporting you actually nurtures that relationship and if you're using tools like LinkedIn quite effectively it isn't just a case of it being your CV but you've, it's using your voice right and, and it's sharing things that you're passionate about and creating this community um, and then at some point in that journey as they then progress through their career and you progress through your career you know um, those relationships often meet and so that that's it it isn't it isn't something that's very formal it's always something that's very informal very intangible and very mm. true. So, yeah. No, no, absolutely. And it's something I've, I've tend to, to focus on as well. There's lots of people that have gone really, really well throughout the years and still in contact with those, um, not as maybe as, as often as I might like, um, but still, still in touch with lots of folks over the years. So they one do, of the other points you mentioned there. They do pop up. They do pop up. I mean, like the other week, yep. was it the last month, somebody I worked with at MS. He's doing a PhD paper around marketing customer experience. Hadn't spoken to him for many years. And then we exchanged a few things on LinkedIn and I'm happily in an interview supporting, you know, contributing to research around his PhD paper. Hadn't spoken to him for many years, but you still feel like you know something because you're still connected to them. So, yeah, I think that's the power of relationships and connection. And and that was my point, really, is that when you start, you don't realise the value of that. But I think as you progress and you're gathering up all these experience and all these relationships, you actually realise the power in having that um, in your tool bag. And that's something that's built naturally over time rather than forced or ads or outreach. So things like that. Absolutely. And, you know, I always say it to junior members of the team is that this is a small industry and people that you speak to now, you're going to, you know, you're going to cross paths at some point in the future. So, so be nice, be proactive, go and say hello, build your network. And I think over the, over, as the years go on, you start to see, see those benefits and um, awards as well. Um, so, so going back to one of those points that I think you, you mentioned, which is really, really interesting. So you mentioned there about perhaps FE 1.0 was, was consultancy uh, positions but then you you pivoted out of that and you went into more of a, an agency positioning and you referenced there of how that was perceived. Um, I'd love just to dive into that because that is really, really interesting because we have lots of people that come on will have this debate. Do I create an agency, a mini agency? Do I look to build a team or do I stay focused on what I'm trying to deliver as myself as a consultant? So so, what's, so what, what changed and, and what can you share with what's informed that change it's um it's really interesting because actually i think it talks to a number number of different things um my aspiration wasn't to have an agency so that wasn't my aspiration and it's probably fe 4.0 like literally i'd gone through lots of different (laughs) things in my career i've done lots of different things um so you know, one of the reasons I can deliver so strongly on marketing is because I actually have masses of project delivery experience and led and managed big teams, which then has helped me grow businesses and help to manage teams and do all these things. So everything has a place. It's like a puzzle and everything has a piece that fits together, which is great. Um, and so my aspiration was never, wasn't at that, t- at that time was not to create, wasn't necessarily, I hadn't even thought about an agency. It was more about doing really good projects. 
working with really good people, um, really smart people that had real problems that they were solving and working out how I can help them do that and how I can use my skills actually to become transferable across different markets. So I've done a ton of stuff in B2C and I've also done a ton of stuff in B2B, but the transferable element, normally we kind of go, nope, you're, D- you're B2C, nope, you're B2B. But there's this wonderful um, ability with your skills to be able to kind of move it across. And, you know, taking on clients in industries that maybe I hadn't necessarily worked in does not mean that I'm not experienced and I can't help them. Because actually all the things in my tea bag means that I can actually, from day one, you know, um, rock up and help them work through things and be able to deliver on what they're needing. And at the same time, you're then learning about a new industry, a new market, things like that. Um, So for me, it was about finding people, really lovely people that I could work with. And I've always been really lucky in that regard um, and working with interesting teams. Um, sometimes, you know, I'll work with internal teams to deliver things. Sometimes I, I built up my own team um, of people. So um, people that I now work with all the time. Um, and over the years, we've just strengthened, strengthened those relationships. And the work that I do now is no different, but I can do it now because um, I've done it and I've done it. I've done it from the ground up and I, I know what I'm doing. I'm sure of it. I know the problems that we're trying to solve. I know what people are looking for. I I know kind of what's going on in, in all the different spaces. And what that means is you can then pull from all the different kind of knowledge and things that you have and be able to kind of go, oh, look, you know, have you thought of this? You know, this would be a great way of doing that. Mm. Or no, I can see this challenge. And just having that clarity because actually you're coming along with all, all this stuff. So it was really important to me to actually build that very, very strong foundation. And then what happens is you get to a natural point where you just go, now what? What's next? What shall I do next? And that's the question I think we ask ourselves throughout our lives and our careers. Um, And so the next question was, well, how do I do more of this? How do I then strengthen my team? Because I, you know, know lots of amazing people and I want to be able to work with them more on a day-to-day basis. How do I take what we're doing and do, you know, and scale it, if you like, let's use that word. Um, How can I help more people? Um, And because the fractional CMO... Um, type role isn't really something that we talk about a lot. I think people use the word consulting and things like that, but a fractional CMO is very different. And so when I was creating Boost Agency, I was like, right, well, how do I quantify this? How do I make this something tangible? How do I create a service here? Because this isn't just about LinkedIn marketing. This isn't just about email outreach or strategy or brand positioning. It's all of it. And what you need as a company will depend on where you are. And so the service in some ways had to be as unique as the business themselves. And that's always what I rocked up to do and deliver on. Um, so how do you then do that? And so we, I created this brand that's very magnetic, I think, and very representative of me. And it does this wonderful job of filtering through. So it's, it's like Marmite. You're either going to love it or not. <laughs> and normally what happens is, is that the people that we're engaging with are actually... Um, it's a nice fit and it's a nice fit because, you know, we've hopefully done a good job of explaining what, what, what we're about. And we've given the proof and all the evidence, which are things that I've built up from before. So I've just transferred them into my agency because that's exactly what, what we've done. Um, so the results and things are there. And I liken this a bit to like um, bootstrapping and funding. <laughs> I'm going mm. to diversify slightly. I did a post the other day actually about bootstrapping and funding because one of the things that we do is obviously help businesses get ready for funding as well. So that's something that that I'm very passionate about. And I have much discussion with people over funding and lots of people come to me and say to me, oh, I need to raise money. And my first question is why? 
Why do you need to raise money? And it's very interesting, the responses that I get on that. So for some people, it'll be, so I can sleep at night. <laughs> I don't have to worry about money and I can do this, right? Yeah. And for other people, it'll be because actually I want to penetrate this market or I want to expand the product and service range, you know, in this way, you know, or we want advanced technology in this way. That's brilliant. That's smart. But the first part, you kind of have to get your hands dirty. You kind of have to bootstrap to a point, even if it's only the initial part, mm. because that's how you understand the mechanics of your business. Now, when you understand the mechanics of your business, then everything else will flow from that. And it's exactly the same with the transition from consultancy to agency, if that's what you want. You understand the mechanics of it and you really understand what does and doesn't work for you and for your clients and what you can and can't offer. And then you shape that into an offering that hopefully you can then scale from. So, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 really, really interesting. It's always a really interesting conversation. So you mentioned there about what does and doesn't work for you. What was it about consultancy specifically that didn't didn't work for you that um, informed this this somewhat evolution? So consultancy wasn't it didn't work for me. It was more that my growth had peaked. So it was never that. I've, yeah. I've always loved the consultancy side. I've always loved the variants of the projects, the people, um, the businesses that I've worked with. I, I've always loved it. And I'm always very, very grateful for it. And the thing is, I can always dip back into it whenever I want to. Um, and, you know, if somebody needs me for something, you know, and I'm able to, I will go and help. Um, so it's not a case of never going back or there was something wrong with it. It was just the next part and the evolution of the growth for me was to be able to take that and actually make it turn it into something else that I can scale and I can then help more people, um, you know, through my team, etc. Because when you're consulting, you, you tend to be in your own bubble. So you're, it's normally you that it sits with. And yes, you can use other people and you know, there's a team there, but that, they're normally not as visible. Whereas when you go into this kind of model, mm. they are. So, um, you know, and also with this type of model, it, it stretches other skills, your leadership skills, your team management skills, um, your values, your ethos. Um, your brand, you know, what do you stand for publicly? Um, how do you shape that? Um, and one of the things mm. I love the most is that actually, one of the things that, that I've always found in all my years is that people like people often come to me when they've got a question, so whether it's marketing or business or something like that, and they always say, lean into the thing that people that ask you the most is normally your gift. <laughs> so that's always been very interesting <laughs> for me because I'm always like really like it's that gift you know and, and one of my mm. dearest friends she said to me you know what sometimes the things that you think you, you that you know so easily and I'm like oh and I really hadn't realized that and then the more and more I thought about it and the more and more I thought about okay what what I do I was like you know what through boost actually my, my biggest passion is helping businesses grow and actually as they grow mm. they impact as well and then that ripple effect comes from that so their clients will then create impact and so on and so on. And that leans into the whole generational change and all those wonderful things that I'm just really passionate about. So for me, it was never just mm. about talking to agency. It was how do we make this bigger so we can create more impact? And you create more impacts by being able to help more people. And for me, at the moment, this is the format. Come back in a few years and we might be another format. <laughs> but this is where yeah. No, no, no. Really, really interesting. So, so looking at all of the things that you you provide with Boost, it's it's an array of different different skills. And you mentioned there about B two C and B two B. Have you ever felt that it's it's hampered you not having a, a particular specialist for for one thing? Um, so you can double down on you know a category, or actually, has it been 
a complete benefit having this tool kit that's very that has a variety of different skills and knowledge and then you've been able to tap into that it is the most powerful thing to have a tool bag that's filled with so much stuff it doesn't mean that you're jack of all trades mm. it doesn't mean that it means that at some point you did niche down you did niche down on a particular skill like funding fundraising for example you niche down on that to help somebody deliver on that right but what you then do is you scoop that up and go great I've learned a ton of stuff here, so now I can add this into my tool bags. If somebody else needs it, then they can use that too, right? If we're looking at strategy and things like that, strategy is the most powerful when you have a, you understand a variety of business models. That can only come from having experience in a variety of businesses in different markets, mm-hmm. right? And also understanding which of your skills mm. are comparable and which ones you can use. So the creation of those skills have come from focused attention, um, but the variety of what we offer will depend on what the client needs. It's not a case of, well, we have all this stuff pick. It's very much a case of we mm. recognize where you are. We recognize your growth plan and what you want to achieve. This is how we can help you. And then you're able to go into a tool bag and go, right, that would be great. That would be great. And because you then have this vast knowledge and this you know, huge big tool bag filled with all these things, you're able to bring that to, to the table. There's nothing more frustrating than sitting in a room and everyone's in this little box and you're then the person that has to come in and challenge everyone to think out of the box because you've got different experience mm. that enables you to do that. And I say, I, I, I really probably shouldn't, shouldn't say the word, it's not so frustrating. I suppose it's more, it's, it's, it's frustrating for, for other people because they can't see it. Um, but it can be quite pow- powerful because it's very, it can be challenging in a really, really healthy way. So... Yeah, I'm very much all about that. I'm very much all about kind of going through life and just filling it up and trying to get as much knowledge and experience as you possibly can. Hmm. Um, I'm a bit of a learn-it-all, so <laughs> I will read anything. I will do, you know, things like that, and I, and I love it so much, and I will try different things, and I will, you know, something as simple as email outreach, you know, I will perfect those templates over and over and over and over until I know absolutely how they work. Um, that's focusing hmm. But I'm not niching in on email outreach. It's a part of the service that we can offer if clients want it. So does that help? It does. Makes a ton of sense. So I want to ask you about, as you call it, this magnetic brand. And I think one of the um, one of the challenges that, that consultants and agencies have is how do you differentiate yourself? So you alluded to earlier, you wanted Boost to be you know a reflection of reflection of you, but you have you know nice big bright colors and then you have like brand mascot so so what what else fueled this magnetic brand and the use of uh mascots so if that's what you call them yeah we can call them that so my my little characters who i love um i've always had them in my businesses actually i've always had them in my businesses um and we've always found that from a brand identity point of view they've always worked really really well for us um and it's very much my personality <laughs> now this is where it gets a little bit challenging because in theory you're you're building mm. a brand and you're positioning yourself to also be attractive to your potential clients and it is like that it is my might i think to a degree you know there'll be some people on one hand that'll say to me oh the eyes on your characters freak me out and i'm like really and i'm looking at them <laughs> looking at them and we're like we can't see it but to them that's it and that's fine and then i look at the person and I think, well, you're yeah. not it right and that's great because it's doing exactly what i want it to do which is to filter through it's a bit like adding pricing to your site right most people don't do it i do it because it's full transparency mm-hmm. and i don't want to waste anyone's yeah. time i don't my time's fine you know but i don't want to waste their time or lead them down a path 
and then suddenly they've got you know false expectations about something so the characters all represent something so they represent sales they represent marketing they represent finance and they represent um coaching as well because these are all the key elements of being a fractional cmo um, so we spend a lot of time creating them. Um, and Stu, my designer, he is awesome. And he illustrates children's books and things like that, which is probably why mm. <laughs> people get this feeling about it. Um, but we wanted something fun. And actually, we also find that when you create something that's very fun in your brand and something that is very magnetic, everybody else within the business gets really excited too. You know, they it's something that they want to talk about or share. Um, they feel like they're part of something that's that's really nice. And um and I've I've been part of brands that have got these really harsh kind of branding. And the first thing I do is change it. <laughs> because mm. you know, I think the way that we absorb information now it's changing. And I think um, you know, but that doesn't mean to say that just because you've got mascots or bright brands that you're not professional. It doesn't mean to say you haven't been doing this a long time. It's just a reflection of who I am. And you'll get that from my emails. You'll get that from speaking to me um, and working with me. Um, you know, I am going to be the annoying person that's going to be all smiley at 8 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> that's part of it. And some people will look at me as if they want to throw something at me. And other people will be like, okay, this is what I need. <laughs> mm. Well, it's better than being known as the the miserable git, all right? So, you know, I think being smiley at 8 a.m. on a Monday um, <laughs> is certainly the way way to go. Um, so thinking about, um, we, you know, we discussed network and then the power that had, like helping you land positions and opportunities. But thinking about your, your growth now, what are, what are Boost doing? What are you doing to fulfill the, you know, the next stage of growth and to help your desire of scaling, scaling this business? Like what, what types of things are on your roadmap? Well, in Boost at the moment is very much around impact. So that's where mm-hmm. we focus on. It's trying to be as impactful as we possibly can through the services that we provide. Um, so the other thing as well is that because we're a fractional CMO service and, that, and that's where I've landed at the moment, because it's not enough to say we're a marketing agency because we're more than that. And so this is where I've landed with Fractional mm. Um And so what I want to, what I'm, what we're doing now is working within this space to be able to give other people within marketing who love it and are passionate the opportunity to step into those types of roles as well, um, because that's going to have an impact on them, their families, the way that they live and lead their lives, all of those things. Um, and mm. then they can use that experience and that knowledge in a way that's going to help our clients and you know by doing that they're able to grow and then they're able to then go on and create further impact so for me for boost right now you know we are very much focused on kind of growing and growing at a rate that we can accommodate um which we're we're doing well with at the moment um i'm really pleased um but yeah for me the focus is predominantly impact which is why i said you know come back in a few years and see 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 what i'm thinking then um because everything always moves um so yeah Good. Okay. So does that does, so does that mean that you don't have any marketing efforts from your side? There's enough inbound to fulfill like your growth trajectory right now, or are you doing your outreach message? Are you doing networking? Are you doing advertising? So for Boost, we are doing outreach at the moment, and that's because we want to scale at a particular pace. Um, so. Inbound is great for organic and inbound will be a brilliant um, lifelong piece of growth. 
Um, but as I always say, you need to always have an organic stream and you need to have a more aggressive type stream. So normally mm-hmm. that would be paid or some kind of cold outreach, something like that, working in parallel. Because what normally happens is when you turn off the outreach tap or the paid ad tap, everything else just drops off a cliff. So you want to be building mm-hmm. that organic. So while you're building up that organic and while you're strengthening that, and whilst we're moving away from FE brands to more boost brands, so that it's going to you know, include um, the other, you know, other team members and skills and things within the business. Um, what we want to be doing is kind of growing them almost in parallel so that if we ever can step away from outreach and say, well, we don't need it now, you know, organic will, will take over. So we've deployed this kind of dual strategy for us. Um, I'll never not do something that I don't advise others. I'm like, I'll always do. Um, well, what am I saying? <laughs> I'll always do what I advise others to do for ourselves. So if I'm advising someone to use it and I'm doing it's because I've done it too. Um, And, you know, I know how it works and I understand it. So outreach has been interesting. Um, It was something I was a little bit uncomfortable with at first, personally for me, um, because normally I am all about organic and I am very much around inbound. So the idea of then standing up and going, okay, we're here now. We would like, we'd love to help you. Mm. So as many deployed as many warm tactics as I could so if we're going to do outreach then I vet the businesses that we outreach to um I sound a big 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 brotherish but I'm comfortable in the space that we're actually outreaching within um and I normally kind of approve that um yeah and so what I've also done is I've changed all of our templates so they're not your traditional email out ones email outreach ones they're very effy and they have because I don't you know if you're going to pick up something and then you're going to talk to me there has to be a a link um and to the point that yeah. actually my wonderful kate who works with, who works with me she um she was like she's been doing out email outreach for many years for different businesses and she was like no this is the format and i'm like no we're not doing that format <laughs> we're gonna do it this way it's actually yeah. it's gonna be more like more effy and even with linkedin we're gonna be starting on linkedin a bit more bit more com- a bit more um gaining some more momentum um and even with those templates it's been hilarious because i'm like i do not want to see another one of those templates in my inbox so i definitely don't want to be the one yeah. so it's going to be what i call very effy <laughs> um, and it's worked. Okay, well, worked so yeah so so that's that's what i'd love to drill into so you've disregarded someone who's been doing well not disregarded but you know the the historical template that might have worked from one of your colleagues you've injected the fe fun like but what 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 does that mean like what what is the fe template well normally it's about um i'll always rather than cold sell i'll always add i'm trying mindful of saying add value because that's a very cliche thing to say but i always start with being helpful Mm. first um and then if somebody wants to have a conversation then the invite is there and they can follow up on it. And that's absolutely fine. Um, I'm not into sending email templates. And I don't think anybody should be, by the way. I think we should be challenging the norm because that's how we encourage innovation, mm-hmm. right? That's how we create change. Just because something has always worked this way doesn't mean that what got you there is going to get you where you're trying to go, right? You should always be trying to challenge it. And I think, you know, the way that we continue to achieve results for clients and we continue to actually, you know, win new projects and, and do new things is because we, we challenge that that norm. And we say, well, actually, that that was working, but it's peaking now. Let's let's pivot. Let's change. Um, so with us, with our templates and things like that, that's what we've done. We've just made them more human, like just as if I was writing you an email. It, it would just be like that. It's mm. not even be some kind of formal. It's not. Um and if somebody and, and how they, if somebody reads that is up to them. <laughs> it's obviously going to depend so, on the so this, that they're in. But yeah. 
Yeah, because I think outreach will play an important ro role for anyone getting started or, or building their business. So talking about um, injecting value, lots of people talk about value, but but how are you providing value? Is it that you've you've done a significant amount of research and you're sharing something on competitors or sharing something interesting on their category, your experience? Like, what is it that you're sharing that's adding value? It's always experience. This is why I say that tool bag is so important. Mm. Um, and I don't know how helpful that's going to be to anyone listening to this, but we all have experience and that experience is unique to us. Mm. So that's what makes you unique and what makes you different from somebody else. So, for example, I know we're coming into the end of the quarter. I've been in enough businesses to know what happens as we come into the end of a quarter and into the beginning of the next one. So my messaging is going to be around that. <laughs> And where it could be helpful, because I know that at the particular time, that isn't something I've needed to go, I, I've not needed to study because I've lived it, I've done it. it. It comes from from having worked in different businesses and doing different things. Um, so it's about tapping into that, um, but the unique mm. thing that you know, right? And, and if you are, and the thing is, the other key thing here, which is very traditional, is that you do need to identify who you are talking to and who could be a potential fit, because there's no point casting your net wide in, in that regard. If you're not sure and you're at the beginning of your journey, then cast it wide just to see what lands and whether that feels right and then hone in on that. Um, but um, I'm really clear about the different audiences and exactly the type of messaging that fits for that particular audience and which part of my tool bag or boost tool bag now can help that particular area of business. Um, so yeah, so it depends. And also because... I'm fairly clear on like decision makers within a business and things like that. I'm really clear on who we target, et cetera, et cetera. I don't need to worry about trying different things because I've already tried it and done it. So I'm just bringing that into, into mm. So, but there are things that you learn. There are things that you try. You, there are things that you mess up. Um, and there are times that you win. And all of that matters because you'll need all of that as you go through. So, yeah. Absolutely. So I think on that um, amazing nugget of, of wisdom, I think we can leave that there. Uh, we'll put all of the details on FE and Boost in the show notes. We'll share that when we, we post this live um, shortly. But thank you so much for coming on, FE. That was so helpful, um, incredibly insightful, and look forward to getting you on uh, in a couple of months or maybe a year and see what FE 4.0 looks like. Brilliant. Thank you, Chris. That's amazing. <laughs> Thanks, Effie.